Hey, my name is Adva Hanan. I am obsessed with everything early childhood education and supporting you through your teaching career. I help you feel supported, encouraged, and continue learning throughout your time inside the classroom. I'm an early childhood teacher who saw a huge gap in how early childhood educators are supported and guided throughout their classroom experience. Classroom management, teacher burnout, and distance learning are all topics we cover here. So get ready to learn, grow, and become the teacher you've always dreamed of. Let's make an impact together. I had the absolute pleasure of welcoming Ria Simon onto the podcast. Ria is a community ambassador at Hi Mama. Prior to starting at Hi Mama, Ria is a registered early childhood educator and worked six years inside the classroom. She taught all ages, but mainly preschoolers. Ria lives in Toronto with her husband, and in her spare time, she enjoys to spend time with her niece and nephew. I had the absolute pleasure of welcoming Ria Simon onto the podcast. Ria is a community ambassador at Hi Mama. Prior to starting with Hi Mama, Ria was a registered early childhood educator who was in the classroom for six years, working with all different ages, but mainly with preschoolers. She lives in Toronto with her husband and loves spending time with her niece and nephew. Please help me welcome her onto the podcast today. So glad you're here. Can you tell the audience um, who you are, what you do? Well, first, thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Um, so for those who don't meet, know me, I'm Rhea. I am an early childhood educator, and I'm also a community ambassador with Hi Mama, the childcare app. Um, I spend a lot of my days and work doing um, community reach and uh, com- connecting with you know educators across the board, as well as uh, hosting our Hi Mama Helps webinars, which uh, run on, on Thursday. That's kind of it in a very quick nutshell. <laughs> That's a good nutshell. Um, what is your favorite part of being in early childhood, um, working at Hi Mama, et cetera? Oh, there's, there's a long story there. So um, first off, for me, 100% the children. And oh, I want to say 98% the children, actually. And the other 2% was definitely the families because I had some great families when I was working in the classroom that I worked with, had the pleasure of meeting so many incredible people and working with them. And then, of course, working with their children. And part of working with children is I just love how sassy and straight to the point most children are. Um, I wish more adults were actually like that, Um, but they're just so open-minded. They're willing to learn and they, you know, they generally just live on their own agenda. And I feel like it's something, you know, the world definitely needs right now anyway. So it's, it's one of those pieces that drew me in and sucked me into being in the classroom. So um, as for hi mama, um, I love everything I do about and work with Hi Mama. So um, maybe I'll start, rewind a little bit. Started working in the classroom way back in 2011, and I spent just over seven years, variety of ages, but mainly preschool. Um, Made a transition over a year. My husband, boyfriend at the time, decided that he wanted to pursue some further education, wanted to go abroad. And then because of that, ended up in Barcelona, Spain. So I went 
well, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon and uh, decided to take a year off. Why would you not, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just go be free for a year. So got on that sabbatical train. Um, and then while I was on, you know, off living the dream as it were, and just being a little free for a while at, you know, the age of, I don't remember what we are, like 26, 27 at the time. I don't even know when right. this happened now. Um, <laughs> I decided I wanted to make change. And that's actually how I found myself to high mama because I love the children. I love the families. I love what I was doing. I love the work that I was doing. But on the same side, I wanted, I wanted a little something else. I wanted to make more impact. And that impact was really on like the educator side. What could I do to give back to other educators? So found Hi Mama and, and started my career with them uh, just over four years ago. So Amazing. Amazing. I know a lot of, um, a lot of teachers are looking to make more of an impact. And I'm included in that. Um, and, um, I think it's good for them to hear that people are doing various things. We had a, another, um, person on the podcast who did the, you know, the teaching, did the supervisor role, did the mm-hmm. corporate role, and now is an entrepreneur. So, uh, it's just so interesting it. to hear different people's journeys in early childhood. Um, so you had, I mean, you guys had approached me about talking about parent communication, which I love because I think it is so important. So um, I want to ask why specifically you had wanted to talk about that uh, um, other than obviously it's important to engage the parents and to interact with them. Totally. That aside, we know it's super important that that's just a given. And even in no matter what age you're really looking at that, that's just a given, but really the, you know, it comes down to it. COVID made such a change and such an impact on, of course, not just, you know, just the education space, the whole world, but it really changed views and perspectives of how educators are are viewed and and what they're, they're looked at. So, you know, I know in some places and, and, you know, it's a mixed view of what happened. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, educators should be frontline. I agree with this. They're frontline workers, just like a lot of other workers out there, like, you know, grocery store workers, things like that. Like there's a list we could spend a long time on, but I, w- I won't divulge into that. Um, that's not the point today. So the idea around it is, you know, talking about parent communication is the style of it is is slowly changing. And because of COVID, it, it, it changed quicker than I think centers were prepared to take on, you know, having, and you know this, when you're in your classroom, when you're working, it's your little community and each center is their own little community going and you want to continue to grow it. You welcome more families in, you know, children move on to, you know, new location, things like that. But you, you know, you kind of, we lost that because, you know, many parents weren't allowed in the center and all of a sudden it's like, how do you create community in my center when they can't be here? So we still have that community between educator and children, but how do we, we bring parents and, you know, grandparents and, you know, whoever, auntie, uncle, whoever's the, the close people in that child's life um, back into the picture. And because of that, you know, COVID just really brought to light just how important parent communication was. And of course, you know, styles of communication. So whether that be if you're paper-based, a lot of centers, of course, turned to an app right away because we didn't know what was going on with COVID and many centers have stayed on that. So for example, started on with Hi Mama. It was, you know, we had so many people come to us 
for this specific reason. And we were happy to help, of course. Um, but on the same side, it just showed how important, more important parent communication is now. And, and I think it's going to stay that way. I think we're going to yeah. see this positive impact moving forward. Absolutely. I actually spoke to someone, I, I want to say like last summer, who told me that her child's daycare um, didn't communicate once COVID hit. And oh, it, wow. was, it was really disheartening to her. Um, and it, this is just from a parent perspective, which is crazy to me because COVID hit and I, I was calling parents. I was FaceTiming the kids. I, you know, I was reaching out because that's what needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of daycare centers, especially turn to apps so that even if they're, the kids are in school and the parents can't be there, they at least can see what's going on. Um, and I know that this year from like, I spoke to a parent this morning, actually. Um, and she was like, it killed me that I couldn't come into the school. Oh man. Like, she's like, I, the first day I saw my kid's face and I just bawled that I couldn't come inside. So. Especially with parents. Like I, I personally don't know how parents felt when like first times moms and dads or whoever it may be like imagining them having to leave their wee one of whatever age with someone who they've met sadly with just a mask on. And it, you know, it was that glimpse, like you said, it was the glimpse inside of being able to see what was, it was almost like, you, you weren't allowed, it was almost like jail because you weren't allowed to see what was going on in there. Mind you, it wasn't that, I promise folks, it's not that style. But <laughs> the same side, it's like, what, what do you do? And like you said, so many educators got so creative from, you know, email, Zoom, so like you said, FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever it was, they were accommodating with families and it was so amazing to see what they were coming out with and how they were doing it. Yeah, I, this parent is actually a first time mom. It was her first time sending her first child Oh no, mom! So, <laughs> you can only imagine. Um, uh, her child actually had me in the class, but she, but, oh. <laughs> but she was telling me that the first day was really just really really hard for her. Um, oh man! She said she went home bawling, like called her husband. She was so upset. <laughs> um, so yeah, communication is definitely important, and honestly, it also forms that trust with those. With yeah. Um, so. To go off of that and the importance and the different styles of communication, um, how often do you think teachers should be communicating with families to make that connection, to form that community? Honestly, it's going to come down to, A, of course, does your center do something specific? So, like, obviously, you would follow what you guys are doing there. But it's also going to come down to, you know, the family specifically. So, for example, um, the center I worked out, you know, we were paper-based. We were sending home daily reports. We were obviously doing face-to-face communication. This is pre-COVID, folks. We can all try to remember that. Um, you know, at the time it was like the, definitely the go-to, but then of course, at the other hand, you know, I had a couple of children in my care who, you know, a variety of different, um, you know, superpowers I worked with. I had one little guy who, who had seizures quite often and, um, and I had mom's cell phone number and, you know, I would text her, you know, just appropriately on, you know, when she needed a, a tip or anything, or, um, you know, usually it was on like a break and I just let her know if he came in really rough, um, that he, you know, got 
thought better over the course of the day. And then, of course, on the seizure sides of things, those were just important pieces to to continue to communicate as well as having it written uh, so that she knew when he went home at the end of the night what, what actually went on and how he was doing. So, you know, it really comes down to the family side of things. I personally, you know, when I get there and when my time comes, we'll probably be that more digital forward parent and being like, I'll forget a, I forget now. So please message me in some format, whether that be email or map or whatever it may be. But on the same side, I'll need to see it 40 minutes from now because I totally won't remember what you just said to me. So it's a big piece of getting to know your families. Like you said, establishing those relationships and then finding out what's you know going to work best for, for your family members. You might find yourself in a variety of communication pieces and that's okay because it will at the end of the day your parents will turn around and acknowledge you for the supporter you are for the you know how much uh, knowledge you have and how much you're sharing with them so yeah for sure um I know that like I, I worked at within a, a school um it wasn't a corporate daycare or anything like that mm-hmm. so things were very everything's different in every community I guess you can say or center yeah. um but for us it was newsletters every week there you go Yeah, see, I hated, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I know the parents appreciated seeing pictures and seeing what their kids were doing, especially this year when they couldn't be inside the classroom. hundred percent. Those pictures, videos, those, like you said, those snapshots of what's happening, they were so key this year and hopefully moving forward, that part sticks because it still gives you, even when you can go in, gives you those great memories when you do get to look back on them. So for sure. I still have pictures from past year that I look back on. I'm like, oh, I remember that day. Um, <laughs> um, so we, there are all forms of communication uh, when it comes to parent uh, in, getting parents information, getting them um, pictures, videos, etc. Um, what do you find um, works best, whether that's for you or for teachers that you have seen over the years? Oh, man. Um, I personally, you know, especially because, you know, I'm in that era where digital is just what I am. You know, I grew up, you know, whereas like, you know, my niece and my nephew, they're probably no, not know a life without a computer. I remember the first computer we had in our house, which felt like I was five. I know it's definitely older than that. But, you know, <laughs> age and time, it's like, remember Hotmail? Like, you, everyone's like, whoa, MSN Messenger. Um, dated myself there. Um, so when all comes down to it, it, it comes for me personally, like I said, digital first. So if, you know, I think it's a great thing moving forward for centers because it saves a lot of time. You know, like you said, your newsletters, how often and how long did you spend putting those big boys together and being able to share those pieces? Like your eyes just went like, whoa, yeah. And I used to do daily reports for each of my children. And, you know, it's still like, you can get something personal down faster, at least for myself, with my thumbs now, sadly, yeah. um, then, and getting that out quicker. And it's actually more relatable for a lot of families are, are looking for that digital piece. So personally, I say get there. And I know it's not an easy change, especially if, if you've been doing paper this whole time, potentially. So, Right. I feel like computer is now, uh, everything is on technology, yeah. not on paper anymore. Um, yeah, you were talking about MSN messenger. I remember AOL messenger. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was on it too. <laughs> we were so cool. Um, we thought we were, we really were. We really, really <laughs> um, but yeah, I think communication all, it all varies. Um, 
For me, yeah, I hated putting together the newsletters. Couldn't stand it. Um, <laughs> and when someone else go. offered to do it for me, I was like, yeah, you can do it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but like my, my I, I guess because I'm good with words, my favorite was writing emails. Um, and like writing nice notes to the parents or just uh, even just calling them. Um, yeah, and having a conversation. Right, exactly. And I know a lot of teachers find that really intimidating. Um, but I think it's like the best way to form that connection and have them trust you more yep. than, you know. They 100%. Do. If anything, I say obviously don't, don't ever get rid of having a, a one-on-one conversation with a family, whether that be over the phone or whether that be in face-to-face when time comes, hopefully soon. Um, and I know many centers are back in person, but on the same side, still continue to have those important conversations face-to-face because you don't lose something like, you know, tone, you don't lose like interpretation or things like that. Those great pieces you want to communicate or, you know, A, the fun things, you maybe don't want to get too, too serious in an email or be like, hey, I've noticed a couple of things. Let's have a conversation. Has a bit of a different context. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So last question. Um, Can you give the teachers who are listening three tips Mm. um, to help them get better at parent communication? Ooh, the hard one and the big one. Um, (laughs) Okay, so for myself, I'm a big talker. I've never had an issue speaking with people. I can, you know, have a conversation with lots of people. I love it. I thrive off of it. So I know for tons of educators, it's not their fancy. Like you said, you, some of the educators you worked with weren't keen on having phone conversations with families. So I think it all starts with um, just being yourself and, and course, of course, always maintaining respect with families. But, um, you know, when you come across as just your genuine self, it actually makes it a lot easier to break down any barriers from right from the get-go between yourself and parents. Sometimes when you put on a bit of a face, and I know we all tend to do that no matter what the situation, you know, a great example is an interview right away. Um, but if you break that barrier down to start with, then it actually won't allow parents to set their own barriers up. And then you're creating this false communication piece between yourself and and the families. Um, The second one is just constantly be a source of support and knowledge for parents. We know many parents are, they're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to take it, whatever it may be. But it's, it's almost like we have to remind ourselves that it's like the first day of school for parents almost every time, especially with those, like the first time mom you're talking about, um, you know, they, they really don't know what's happening. And of course, you know, we, we went to school, we know what, like what the children are doing, what the, how they're developing, things like that. And, and unless of course you you have a background in that most parents are like they said, you know, many people have said on the news, for example, I was not prepared to teach my child at home over the course of COVID. Um, and parents may not accept anything, but if you continue to just professionally be there, be that source of support and knowledge, you can be very surprised when a parent turns around seeking support from you because they know you're that. Um, The last one is if you find yourself to be one of those people who, yes, is shy, who um, maybe just conversation does not flow the way you feel it needs to, or, or you're not happy with the way conversation pieces start or just struggle getting them, I highly recommend seeking some, you know, professional development in that area. So whether it's, you know, a weekly course you want to enroll or like a small weekend course, or there's so many professional speaking, you know, pieces you can dive into that are not, you know, 
super time consuming, um, but you find you learn more about yourself, learn more about your own personal communication style. And because of that, you grow a better version of yourself. This will pay off with the children, also pay off with your families. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I also tend to be shy, but I also value the conversation. So I'm kind of a mix of all of that. (laughs) Um, Okay. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving uh, the parents a little bit, I mean, the teachers a little bit about parent communication. Um, Can you give them just uh, where they can find you? um, Yeah. Maybe, I know you guys have, Hi Mama has a lot of PD opportunities. So maybe just talk about that. Yeah. So first of all, if you want to go to HiMama.com, and I'm going to spell it for you. Don't go to the wrong one. We'll have a different conversation later, but it's www.himama.com. There's A, if you want to learn more about our app, that's the number one place to go. If you'd like to learn more or have like resources, there's our blog page on there. We have our webinars that you can actually register. They're completely free. We run them every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, There's also our podcast, which is free that you can download. There's the preschool podcast. And then tons of resources that you can find. So like from activities to, you know, templates, you kind of name it. It's, it's hanging around on there. Um, so please, we'd love to have you join us, whether that be for a webinar or checking us out, whatever it may be, uh, highmama.com is the place to go. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. And they also have an Instagram that you can We do. Follow. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook group. We have a Circle Time Facebook group. There's so many pieces. We, we could go on for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love technology and social right? media, especially for that. Keep learning, growing, and becoming your best teacher selves. I am so proud of you. See you next time, teachers.